This is our last day, day five together of our look through Hebrews chapter four. We're going to look at verses 14 to 16 today. We've been talking this week about entering into God's rest and been focusing in the first verses of this chapter upon the promises of God. They didn't in past times enter into the promised land, the writer of Hebrews says. Because they didn't enter in doesn't mean the promise isn't there anymore. God has a place of rest, a place of promise for you to enter into. But these last verses, he reminds us that it's not just about God's promise, it's also about God's presence in our daily lives. To enter into God's rest, you need to trust in Jesus Christ as your high priest. The picture behind the high priest is the picture of entering into God's presence. The truth behind the high priest, that Jesus is our high priest, is the truth that you and I can enter into God's presence. In the Old Testament, in the tabernacle or in the temple, the high priest was the one who brought the people before the presence of God. That's what would happen once a year. We'll talk about that more later as we walk through the book of Hebrews, as he went and offered sins for the people. Jesus now is our great high priest. He is the one who brings us into the presence of God. What does it mean to be in this place of rest? It means that you are in God's presence, trusting God's promises. Listen to what verses 14 to 15 have to say about this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who's gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. We have, these verses tell us, and I love the phrase, a great high priest. Not just a priest, a high priest. Not just a high priest, but a great high priest. He is the only great high priest. Israel had a high priest that served year after year. Jesus is the great high priest, the final high priest. Now, this opens a discussion, what he talks about here in verse 14, of Jesus as our high priest that goes from here all the way through chapter 10. That's how important this concept is, this truth is in our lives. In the Old Testament law, God set out a strong system of priesthood with only one high priest, the one who offered sacrifices for the sins of the people, the one who was a mediator in that sense between people and God based on the law that God had given. Notice what it says about Jesus in these verses. Jesus has passed through the heavens. And then notice it also says Jesus has been tempted in every way, just as we are. You see God and you see man in that. Jesus passed through the heavens. He's gone back to sit at the right hand of the throne of God. The priest in the Old Testament, he would pass through the temple, the place of the presence of God. Jesus is in heaven. He is at the place of the presence of God because he is God. But also Jesus has been tempted as we are. He is man. Now, let me just remind you, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at some truths about temptation, and this is an opportunity to remind ourselves of those truths because we face temptation, every one of us, every day of our lives. Remember, we learned a couple weeks ago, and based on these verses, we learned the same thing. We learned that temptation will always be a part of our lives. Jesus was perfect, and yet he was tempted. So if I think I can reach some state of perfection where I won't be tempted, I'm not gonna be more perfect than Jesus. The moment you think I'm above that temptation now, you've gotten caught up in pride, and you'll fall. You've seen this happen in your life if you've been a Christian any amount of time. Never think you're above a temptation because it'll always be a part of our lives. Second truth, it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to the temptation, but it's not a sin to be tempted. We see here, Jesus was tempted, yet without sin. Erwin Lutzer said, temptation is not a sin, it's a call to battle. 
Don't let Satan fool you into thinking it's a sin. Jesus was tempted, yet he never sinned. You have a choice. Truth number three, we all face the same temptations. This says about Jesus, he was tempted just as we are. We all face the same type of temptations. Not exactly the same people, but the same type of temptations. Temptations towards power and popularity in our lives. Temptations towards possessions, wanting to have more things in our lives. Temptations towards pleasures, wanting to have more pleasures, more fun, more sexual pleasure, more lustful pleasure, more pleasure that revolves around just entertainments. Whatever kind of pleasure is your kind. Temptation to say, that's where my needs are going to be met. If you feel right now you're facing a temptation and you feel like nobody understands what I'm facing, I want to say to you, Jesus does. Jesus does. He's been through it. You can talk to him about it. We all face the same temptations. And truth number four, there's always a way of escape. Jesus was without sin. And him who was without sin, we can talk to today, he can show us a way to face that temptation. He can't make you perfect until you get to heaven. He won't make you perfect until you get to heaven. That's his choice. We grow while we're in this world. But we can choose to say no to a temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, God has provided a way out. I believe that verse. He has provided a way out. That promised way of escape is not based on your willpower or your knowledge of Scripture. It's based on the faithfulness of God. So here's Jesus, our great high priest. Here's Jesus who has gone through the heavens, who's been tempted in every way just as we are. What does that have to do with living in this place of rest in God's presence? Well, verse 16 tells us exactly what it means when it comes to living in God's rest. Listen to verse 16. Let us then... Since we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, who's been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Because Jesus is our great high priest, we can approach God, we can approach Jesus with confidence. Let us approach the throne of grace I love even the tense of this verb in the Greek language. To approach the throne of grace, it's a present tense verb, which means you keep on approaching. It's a continual action in your life. You don't just do it once and then you're done. It's a continual choice. Continually approach the throne of grace with confidence. Confidence that's not born of pride. Well, look at me, God. I'm such a great Christian. I can come before Jesus. Who would ever get to that place? No, it's, it's based on praise. It's not based on yourself. It's based on him. And when you do that, when you do that, there you will find mercy. There you will find grace. There you will find rest. As we said earlier this week, all of us need in our lives to come to a place where for the first time we let go of our work, our trying to get closer to God based on what we do, and we come to a place of rest. We come to the throne of grace and we recognize we need his forgiveness, his life. If you don't know where to turn, cry out for his mercy. And then in that place of rest that we've come to, we must make the choice day by day to do exactly what this verse says. Keep approaching the throne of grace with confidence. One of the reasons people don't live in God's rest is because they don't feel like they can live in God's presence. Something you've done, some way that you feel about yourself makes you think, well, that's okay for other Christians, but I'll just live just right outside of God's presence. Maybe every once in a while I'll dip my toe in, but I won't be that close because he wouldn't want me that close to him. Or maybe I don't want to be that close to him because of some sin that I'm still considering leaving a part of my life. Approach 
the throne of grace with confidence. You can be confident that you can approach him, not based on what you've done, not based on who you are, but based on what Jesus has done, based on who Jesus is. He's opened the door for you and I to approach the throne of grace. What does it mean to live in this place of rest? It means you are in God's presence, trusting God's promises. Let's pray together. Jesus, that's where I want to live. So often I don't live there. I'm I'm focused on what I want or what I'm thinking or what I need. Or I'm just focused on some little activity of life. And I miss it. I miss who you are. I miss the fact that even in that little activity, you want to be right there with me. Lord, I pray today for myself, for each one of us, that what this verse has just told us to do, you would, through your Spirit, empower us to do right now. In our minds, in our hearts, in our spirits, right now, we approach the throne of grace with confidence. Lord, give us your mercy. Give us the grace that we need to help us in our time of need. Bring us into a place of your rest, your presence, your promises. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Next week, Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, we're going to begin to unpack what it means for you personally, every day in your life, what it means for you personally that Jesus is your great high priest. <music>